Hi everyone, uh, I'm here uh, with Mal and Chriselle Canadine in their home in Canesham, sitting by a nice log fire and introducing here uh, a plan really for the, for the year coming up. And as we've come out of the pandemic and uh, been through all that we have in the last 18 months, a lot of the questions that we've all been asking is what is church? What is it for? How do we do it? What, what does it mean to be a community um, of Jesus followers and, and what does that look like together? And, uh, and we've, a lot of people within Hope have been saying, you know, we really miss the, the gathered community. And, and community is really one of the core things that of being together physically in the same place. Um, something that we've really missed. And, and so particularly for this year, we're looking at how we can build community as a church. And, and Mar and Priscilla, we've known them for some years. And Alice and I have learned loads from watching them and spending time with them. And we thought they would be such helpful uh, people who could kind of guide us and coach us and encourage us as a church in how we build community over this um, over this next year. And uh, so we've we've asked if they'll come and come and help us. And they're going to we've we've planned some Sundays already, and um, where they can speak into some of the things that they've lived out as a household with as a nuclear household and a sort of extended household and within within wider church community as well. So. Um, they're going to be with us this Sunday and, uh, and at different different points through the year um, to help coach us in different things that they that they've lived over over many years and we've seen them uh, uh, do this with their children and with others that they've that they've known. So uh, this is Mel and Chriselle and uh, going to just start off for them by asking them a little bit about their own. Can you just give us an introduction into how you've done family life into your experience of experience of this? Sure. Hello. <laughs> we, um, uh, from our own family backgrounds, uh, we got, uh, we've been together 30 years. Woohoo! And it just get, keeps getting better. Good. And, uh, um, uh, I came from a, a quite dysfunctional family background, and Chriselle came from a, a, a Christian and really functional family background where there's a lot that wanted to copy whilst I think I came from there's a lot I want to do in the opposite way mm. to what I've experienced so I think when we met we actually spent quite a lot of time being very intentional even before we were married of kind of what we want our household to look like what do we want the culture to be because I think probably for me especially there's quite a lot of pain of um, I know what I don't want it to be and so I actually, it's coming in opposite spirit to what I've experienced. Whilst I think for you it was, there's quite a lot of good praxis things. Yes, yeah, I, yes, I had a very, um, yeah, it was a lovely upbringing and um, my mum was Danish so we had, again, different cultures coming in, yeah. So I think we spent quite a lot of time dreaming about what... What, what our household would be like. And then uh, when we got married, um, we had uh, three birth children uh, really quite quickly. Uh, we had three in three years, which was, uh, um, yeah. And then, um, and then I was sent off to the doctor with two bricks <laughs> um, because... Uh, Chriselle had gone through enough pain. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like I sent him off. I didn't. <laughs> we agreed. <laughs> but one of the things we talked about was, I think, um, uh, we 
even before we were married, actually, I think we talked about this, this vague concept of, oh, well, one day maybe we'll foster or adopt. Mm. And then once we had our birth children, it was actually, well, we feel quite complete as a family. And But if we were ever to increase as a family, that would only be uh, if we had fostered or adopted. But we never kind of, although it was always on the back burner, and we talk about it with our children. Um, so even when our, our kids were primary school age, I remember we went to a, that they went on a church thing to go and see an orphanage. And one of our eldest daughters said, do you think we'll meet our new brother or sister there? Yeah. And uh, I think it's only that memory that was, because actually we did talk about it then. And we actually said to her, well, ask Jesus. And get the, the, is there anybody that you meet that you think that that might be the person? And she came back and went, nope, that wasn't it. <laughs> and it was a number of years later when they were teens, we more pursued adoption. Yeah. And then, and I think that was almost a control thing of feeling like adoption, you were in control. And I think that was maybe something God at work in me that then um, a few years later, um, fostering became really that's what we really want to do mm-hmm. or that even and even the opportunity to work with other agencies and other people involved um, where the focus is on the best possible outcome for a child oh. and uh, and that just became probably five six years ago mm-hmm. like it went from being an idea to we need to do this mm-hmm. and so we pursued it with uh, the council mm-hmm. and um, we became foster carers. Uh, well, uh, last month we had our Jakeiversary, which we've had a, a long term. Somebody joined our family four years ago, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we've had lots of short term um, children in between that, yeah. including when we were, when we both turned fifty. It was, do we have a hundredth party? Mm-hmm. Um, hundredth party. Or do we foster a newborn from birth? And we went for fostering a newborn from birth. <laughs> wow. But that's actually been one of the most <laughs> profound. And um, that little one uh, transitioned uh, 15 months to be adopted and joined two of her her birth brothers. Mm-hmm. And um, her dad asked us to be godparents on the second day we met them. Wow. And the journey with the continuing journey with that family mm. has been one of the highlights of my life mm. with you yes and i think it's been something that's impacted us all yeah um, and something that we have done as family mm. so you know it's oh. not just been mel and i yeah it has been the whole family yes doing this as in bringing children and working as a team together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think actually what got us ready for fostering is that we had, we'd always had a view of extended household and other people coming and living with us for seasons and, um, you know, short along and visitors and some people actually coming and for a number of years. Um, but it, it went to a new, so I think we'd always had a vision of doing our home as extended household, mm-hmm. but it went to another level once we started yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and we just had two short term an 8 and 12 year old move on uh, last week wow. uh, on last Tuesday wow. so we're just having a rest yeah yeah. 
enjoying it being a little quieter sure. <laughs> than it has been. Sure. So I think, um, and I think another thing that we learned through the pandemic uh, um, was that people in all sorts of different um, household settings, for some people it was a really lonely time living on, living on their own. Um, for others, it was, it was a real crucible time of challenging relationships or just, just intense relationships. And so we've been also thinking about community at these different, at these different levels. And, um, one of the things that we thought actually we want to re- return to and retain from, from, uh, from the pandemic's constraints and opportunity was how can households and friends across households do life together in a, in a Christian way? Um, uh, in, in a way that's healthy and, and, and so on. And so for us, I think some of our, our kids have shared a bit actually with the church, slightly embarrassingly, some of the um, challenges we had with um, doing church as a family. And uh, But Alice and I would certainly say that for us, it was a time when, when we connected with our children uh, it, from a faith perspective uh, far more than we had done otherwise and we've been required to really otherwise. And I think this is, this is something that we want to, take hold of and, re- and return to um, as a church is recognising the importance of the household um, in, in raising children uh, through the early years, through the teenage years and that mix with it being extended beyond the, the household as well mm-hmm. into the into the wider church community and recognising that so I think a couple of Sundays ago we had an 8 year old prophesying to an 80 year old on her birthday at, mm-hmm. in the first half at home and that felt like that was some of what we're wanting to continue to cultivate and grow into more and one of the things we loved about you guys is watching how you've had sort of um rhythms and, and rites of passage and, and, and festivals that you've celebrated as as family and um we, we, we're, we're keen to see can we learn from that and and share some of that stuff across the whole church so so hoping that what comes out of what maracas they'll bring there'll be there'll be things that um you and i and we We'll say, hey, as a as a household or with my group of friends that I'm doing life with, um, let's 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 set up these 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 maybe regular or annual whatever it is rhythms, festivals uh, that that we can do to help build a culture of faith. And then there'll be also some shared festivals that we can celebrate as a whole church. So we we've actually asked Mel and Christelle already if they'll come on the 23rd of November and lead us in a Thanksgiving um, evening. So our, our plan is to have like a, a Thursday evening meal as a whole church at Hope, invite everyone along as a, as a party and, and as a way, and, and this is something they've done on a, on a household level for many years. And so um, could you just give us a little insight now into maybe like just pick one or two rites of passage or, or a festival, just pick, just to give us a little flavour of some of the way that you've done kind of kingdom stuff yeah. in your household? I think... Um if there's almost a theology behind this, I think it would be the, the Romans 8 thing about when your spirit meets with God's spirit, you cry, Abba, Father. You, you cry that word of intimacy and belonging um, because it's your story meeting with a bigger story. Mm. So I think the idea around almost festivals, rites of passage, all those kind of things is that they're trying to affirm that your story is part of a bigger story that there's a bigger narrative that is God's narrative. And so what are the marker points either of the Christian calendar or of um, festivals that, that mark something that we think is true to God's character? So Thanksgiving being a really good example that it's not particularly Christian. You know, we lived in the States for a while, but we absolutely have loved Thanksgiving. 
as a, not just really good food, but it's been um, around the table. Every, uh, everybody has to, we pass around this um, chicken that you have to put on your head. It's the, it's the, it's the turkey of thanks. And, uh, and when you wear your turkey of thanks, um, I'll send you a picture. Wow. Yes. So, uh, it's a tough one. It's a <laughs> yeah, it's, okay. it's not like, it's not like Joey and friends. But it's a, and as you wear your turkey of thanks, you have to give thanks for three things that we've told people in advance, which is to give thanks for something ordinary, something extraordinary, and uh, so, and someone. So mm-hmm. something ordinary that you can take for granted, something extraordinary that might be almost miraculous or that was God at work. And then someone, but the deal is you have to text them or, uh, or contact them within the next 24 hours and say that you are grateful for them. Um, one year that was Chriselle's bus driver, <laughs> <laughs> who still waves and beeps <laughs> when he goes past, oh. because of Chriselle. Right. So thanks afterwards. But um, and that idea of, of saying thank you around mm-hmm. the table uh, for different things, and we used to do it with our kids that they would invite a couple of friends um, to that meal, and all of our family would invite a couple of people. Brilliant. And there was one year where. Uh, um, our middle daughter invited a friend and it had been like really fun and quite raucous wearing turkey of thanks and thank you everybody and then um, her mum arrived to pick her up and um, she just said uh, the extraordinary thing I want to give thanks for is there's now the science has just had the breakthrough for a cure for the illness that my mum has got who was at that door she was sat there wow. the door, and she started to cry and her mum who we'd never met before started to cry and there was this wow, wow just that there's something about giving thanks as a starting yeah. place so yeah and and I think the ones that just they, they just point to an attribute of God's character yeah that we just remember at a particular time yeah so another one would be um uh, we do MLK, we do uh, uh, I Have a Dream. Uh, yeah. We do MLK Day the third Monday yep. yeah, yeah, yeah. in January. And we do a, um, uh, we, we have this hat of questions of things that you have a dream for. And the first ones are fun things like bucket list things, but the others is um, who do you have a dream for the purposes of their life? Mm. For others, you know, what do you wish for your community? Yeah. Uh, what do you wish for somebody around this table? What do you wish for somebody not around this table? Yeah. And just some of the uh, the I have, and we start by reading out the MLK speech, mm. the I have a dream speech, uh, um, as, around the table at the start of it, and then that is just amazing. So again, I think it's that idea that God has. Why well, not even doing a series on it on purpose? Yeah. But actually, that God has purposes and dreams for our life but actually to have an evening where you're focusing on that and not just for yourself but for for those that you're doing life with Mm. as the focus of an evening in the year yeah yeah we do Burns Night as a creative thing. We came to do a Burns Night once. Oh, yes. Yeah. 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 We had to bring yes. a poem. So I, I dedicated right. that to Alice. She, Alice did a poem for, on behalf of us. Yeah. yeah. And uh, that was great. Haggis and... Yeah. yeah. That was really good. So I think I think that's a good little insight into into a, a good snippet insight into Mary and Christelle and some of their and what I love about this 
I, I think we, we, we probably all recognise, wouldn't we, that going, coming out of the pandemic, what, what, what it's done is it's sort of shaken us. And, um, you know, we, we feel that a call on hope is to be a, a tight community that, that goes deep. We're not called to be necessarily a massive church, but we're called to be people who are wholehearted uh, in following Jesus and we walk together. And, and, and just as we see that, that some of the community stuff that Mary and Christelle described, um, uh, Jesus says that the way that you love one another will show the world that you're my disciples. And, and the church in, in Acts, the beginning of Acts, you see it was there was this, there was this strength of love uh, between the believers that was powerful and was different um, from the rest of the world. And there's something about the way that, that we as church live as community together and do life together that both calls each of us up into being who we're designed to be and is attractive and brings in other people else from elsewhere. These are communities that are open to people who don't yet know Jesus and love the examples of the bus driver, you know, being drawn into that and and, and friends from, from school and all sorts of things. So these are... I think that the vision here is it's, is it's tight and strong community with a clear sense of purpose and identity and culture and, and, and history and, and, and bigger picture. And, and, and we're wanting to develop and form that um, as a church, as a whole church community, and then as households and sort of groups of friends and so on within, within Hope. And that's really the, the kind of plan for this, for this next year. And I think really exciting to have Mel and Christelle who can come with us and they've done it. They've lived it for many years and uh, we can learn a lot from them. And, and I guess if you're talking about the who of this, mm. the, the, obviously there's the household. For those in, in family households and multi-generational, that's, that's a very obvious and almost our default understanding of household. But I think Jesus challenges us by going, um, who, are, who are your household? Mm. And when, when the disciples came to him and said, uh, your mothers and brothers are here, he said, who are my mothers and brothers? Yeah. Um, those who hear the word of the Lord and put it into practice. Yeah. And I think for us, that sense of, gosh, are we willing to align our life to the idea that there's a group of people that we're saying, who, who's my real household, who I share life with, is who do I hear the Lord, word of the Lord with, and who do I put it into practice with? Because mm. Jesus actually said, that's my mothers and brothers, yeah. is who do I hear the word of the Lord with? And agree, yeah, is that what we're going to do? Yeah, I think that's what we should do. And, you know, 1 Samuel 14, where the armor bearer says to Jonathan, do what you have in mind, I'm with you heart and soul. Mm. I've heard the word of the Lord with you. Um, I'm with you in this, let's and put it into practice, let's go do it. Yeah. And uh, so I think we, we wanted to kind of understand householders, who do you hear the word of the Lord with and who do you put it into practice with? Great. As a... For those who are students, mm. you know, for those in shared houses, that's just as much household if it's this is who you hear God with and this is who you put into practice with. So it's not just parents and kids. And it might be extended family. And, you know, the, the biblical understanding of family was wider, multi-generational impact of different of different voices coming in and even as we look at the Passover narrative which would be another of our favourite festivals the role of the mother and the father and the, the, the different generations that there are certain festivals feel like a time where you come together to remind yourself of the story that you're part of Yeah. but, but then you might well get on with being your single generation focus of what you're doing at other times but then it's who do you hear the word of the Lord with and who do you going to practice with oh.
and then maybe the one other biblical understanding of community or household that we'd go with the the new testament greek word for household was oikos Mm. um there was a yogurt promoted as oikos (laughs) fairly recently like like a muller corner a new version of muller corner but they called oikos and uh, but it's culture of of community um but uh but i guess uh who is your i love that idea of who's your oikos Mm. Who do you really do life with? Mm. Um, whether you live on your own or whether you're in a shared house, whether you're in halls, actually, who you really do life with? Who do you get intimate with? Who do you get real with? Who sees? Who asks you, how's your heart? Who sees your pain as well as your pleasure? Who do you serve the call with? Mm. Who, do you, who do you really do deep connection with? And one set of uh, our heroes, they defined oikos as um, your oikos they say in their movement is uh, who you have a meaningful level of connection with two to three times a week minimum. Oh, okay. And and I really like that as a who's your oikos, mm. who you actually look to really do life with. Yeah. Hear the word of the Lord, put it into practice with that. And I guess if we're talking about as we go forward through this year, what do we mean when we're saying households? That that means everybody, mm-hmm. but those who you actually really are going do we give one another permission and challenge to say are we up for what's the lord saying to us and are we going to go and put it into practice yeah brilliant great i think we'll stop there that's a really good that's a great intro really cool so let's pray shall we and i think as we pray we're praying for the praying for the year ahead um so i want to thank you father for marilyn Purcell and what they've lived and what they're bringing and uh, we 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 uh, just recognise where we are as as a church, as hope, as individuals, and uh, we we come to you as that, and we say we want to see your kingdom come, and we want to see your will be done on earth like it is in heaven, and uh, we recognise that part of the way that happens is the way we love each other, and the way that we are community together. So we pray uh, over this coming year that you shape us and that you lead us, you inspire us, and um, you, you, yeah, you build us, build us more as your family. In Jesus' name, Amen. Can I just say as a quick trailer or yeah. two? Yeah, that, um, I, I think what we're imagining is is that it's one thing to have information. Yeah. But then it's getting information to, okay, I own that and I understand it and now I'm applying it. Mm. And often church-based stuff is about information yeah. and less of an emphasis on understanding and applying. Yeah. And my hope through this year journeying with you mm. is that it's less about, we do want to give you some principles and practicals, yeah. but the main focus is on how do we understand and apply that into our particular environment. Yeah that hopefully your questions and challenges to us are, well, we can't do the exact thing that you've done, but what does it look like to take that principle and apply it to our setting because we've come to understand it? Yeah. And next week, when we're starting to get into this, to start to get into that, okay, if it's who you really do meaningful connection with Mm. is who your household is, what does meaningful connection look like? And what is the rhythm of a day and a week? What what does it look like to have a 
an applied understanding of a, your, the rhythm of your day and your week for meaningful connection mm. as a household. Brilliant. And that's part of the reason for asking you to come and lead us in this Thanksgiving is we can see how you would do it and then we can potentially apply that again as a church each year or as households or, or, or both. You may not want the turkey of thanks. I, I, that's not really my thing. I'll, I'll, I'll hide in the kitchen and do the cooking. Uh, you, you can put the food in You yeah. would look great in the turkey of thanks. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> Brilliant. We're done.